This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twang. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 186 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. We have uh, a country tonight to do, because remember we did Mexico a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do a country today that I don't think we've ever done a story from. So, we're getting everybody in the mix. <laughs> But first, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you guys, gals, and canines for everything you do to keep us safe. Yeah, God bless you guys. God bless you. As usual, we want to make sure that we let everybody know that if you're struggling right now, if you're suffering from some type of depression or some type of uh, other situation where you just feel like either hurting yourself or feel like that you don't belong or you shouldn't exist on this earth anymore, we're here to tell you that you're 100% wrong. Yes, you are. You would be missed by way more people than you would ever imagine. You know, I, I say this, and, and, and I'm, I mean no disrespect in putting it this way. You know, Tracy has been to a couple of funerals in the last couple of days. And I think that if people could see their own funeral, I think they would be surprised at how many people actually show up yeah. that you would probably never think, oh, I didn't buy this person wouldn't show up. I think you'd be surprised. And what that means is you touch a lot of people that you just have no clue that you touched. All right. That's exactly right. So it's if, very sad if you guys leave and we need you here to be strong and to all of us just be friends and love one another and. You know, just be there for each other. That's what we started the group for. We're so proud of the group that it's every day that goes by, somebody puts a post in there. Hey, I'm new to the group. And it's obvious everybody here is so loving. Or you'll see people that's like, you know, I don't normally share this stuff, but this is a loving place. I know I can do that. Mm -hmm. Every time I see something like that, it just makes me smile. Yeah. It makes your heart happy, don't it? It does. Yeah. You know, the dark, silly little podcast is now turned into something that, that can actually help people that has nothing to do with paranormal. Yeah, it's wonderful. If, though, you would rather talk to somebody uh, that's not us or not in a group and just want to keep it completely uh, to yourself, I completely understand that as well. 1-800-273-8255 here in the United States or 741-741. All right, Tracy, let's get into the story. All right. So we've done... Hundreds of episodes between the regular shows and Patreon, and we have never done one from the country of Brazil. Hmm. We're going to make up for that tonight, though, because we've got a handful of stories for you. Some are extremely short. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are a little bit longer, mainly one long one, but we'll say the shorter ones for the very end. It's It's kind of amazing, though, 
how little can be found on some of these places, even though they're on all the list for like the top six most haunted places in Brazil or top 10 or, and there's like nothing on them. Mm-hmm. It's like they're in the top 10. You, you get like here in the United States, if it's a top 10, you've got tons and tons of information on all of them. And some of these are literally like a paragraph. <laughs> That's something, isn't it? And you'll see, you'll see. <laughs> but anyways. I wonder if we could find anything in Holbrook. (laughs) (laughs) I could probably find more information there. There's a church in Holbrook, right? Yeah. uh So anyways, you know, and and I I bring this up because we have people send us stories all the time. Mm -hmm. And it'd be like, hey, you should do this place. And I'm like, it's not long enough to do a story on. Now, when I say that, the stories that we're starting to do now, like on the midweek episodes and stuff that that are shorter stories, they're long enough to do those. But even those situations, I could write six or seven pages worth of notes on. And those are the stories that weren't long enough. I could literally do two of these stories. These stories that I did tonight, they're like a page, sometimes a page and a half at most. And that was me really digging (laughs) to get a page and a half worth of notes. So it's incredibly uh, funny how short some of these stories are. All right, so the place we're going to start with is number one on every list of most haunted. The Joelma Building. The The what? The Joelma Building. Oh. The Joelma Building was in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and it was built in 1971 of reinforced fire-resistant concrete hull construction. And what that basically means is very little steel was used. The whole frame and everything was made out of concrete. Oh. I was like, man, we need that in every building. Well, <laughs> so it was 25 stories tall and was primarily an office building. On February 1st, 1974, a fire broke out with 756 employees in the building at 8.50 a.m. The fire was caused by an electrical short in a 12th floor air conditioner unit, which had overheated. We said this building itself was fire resistant, but the flammable materials used to finish the interior were not fire resistant. Partitions, desks, chairs were all made of wood. The ceilings were all made of fiber tiles. The curtains and the carpets were all flammable. At the time, there were no fire alarms, emergency lights, emergency exits, sprinkler system, or fire alarms again. I guess I said that for good measure. What the heck? So what was the point of all that on the outside of the building? Who even cares? This is very disturbing well, and disappointing. Some of this, though, you'll you'll it'll make more sense when we get into it. So the whole building was engulfed in flames in 20 minutes. And if you ever see some of these pictures, wow. Oh, God. So they would later find out that a circuit breaker had been bypassed on the faulty air conditioner. And because they bypassed it, when it got hot, it couldn't kick off the circuit breaker, which it's designed to do, and it overheated and caught fire. How many people died? We'll get to it. A worker in the building next to this one is actually who called the fire department. More than half of the 750 people inside during the fire were injured with 179 people dying. Oh, my gosh. At the time, it was the most fatalities ever to die in a high-rise uh, incident like that. It's second now 
And the only other one that's ahead of it is the Twin Towers in New York. Just because some jerk-off didn't do his job the right way. Exactly. So although more than 500 people managed to escape, it was not easy. Fire, heat, and smoke cut off most of the routes to safety. There was only one staircase. 170 people made it to the roof. Unfortunately, the smoke and the heat made it impossible for a helicopter to land up there. Oh, no! Many people attempted to jump from the (gasps) roof. Some were trying to just escape the flames, and some were trying to jump and grab onto the um, fire escape ladders that were on the outside of the building. Right. All 40 who chose this route died. Man, oh man. Some went back down the stairwell to try to reach the fire ladders, which strangely enough, only went to the 15th floor. So it was 25 stories. The fire ladders went from the ground floor up to the 15th floor. And that's exactly where the fire started at, basically. Well, it started on the 12th floor. But like they got down to the 15th floor, and that's where the fire was, right where the ladder started. So they couldn't get to it. If, the, if it had been the fire was up one more level... They, some of them could have got to the outside ladders. Okay, who designed this stupid building? I want to punch them in their face. Over 300 were shuttled in and out by the elevator. There was four elevators, and they shuttled 300 back and forth up through the elevators, which any fire department will tell you not to not do, to but do. There, there really wasn't much of an option here. I'm so surprised that the elevators even worked anymore. By noon, the fire had completely burned itself out. Firemen were able then to go in and search for survivors. Mm. 80 people hid under tiles on the roof, and they were all found alive. 13 people who tried to escape in one of the elevators suffocated and were burned up by the fire. Oh, Lord. They were never identified, and um, we will talk more about them a little bit later. This is a sad story. So because of the concrete construction, the building structurally was in perfect shape after the fire. So the Joelma building was closed for the next four years for reconstruction. They renamed it Praca da Bandiera. I'll probably butcher that. I'm not good with Portuguese. Mm -hmm. Which means flag square. And that used to be the square that actually faced the building at one point in time, was caught flag square, so that's why they named it that. This fire led to safety regulations all over the world. All these stuff that, I mean, literally every country started adopting sprinkler systems, fire exits, all that came from this. Wow. So when you said something about, well, who designed this? Nobody had any of that stuff back then. Yeah. So all that, thanks to this, unfortunately, their fire safety Measures and buildings and regulations got better everywhere because of this. You would think it would be common sense that wood's going to catch on fire, it's, carpet's going to catch on fire. It's never common sense until you have a tragedy. You know, oh, what is it? The, the the infamous saying is, "What is it? Uh, necessity is the mother of all inventions." Well, now when you realize that how many people can be lost and how quick it can happen, yeah, very very sad. Okay, so the tragedy has been discussed. Now let's talk about the paranormal side. And we'll tell you about that paranormal side right after this quick break from our sponsor. Some think this property was cursed uh, years and years and years before this. In 1948, there was a chemist by the name of Paul Campbell. 
26-year-old guy. He lived in a house that used to be on that property with his mother, two sisters, and some uh, extended family, some in-laws and stuff like that. So one night, for no apparent reason, he murders the entire family. He then drags all the bodies outside. He then kills himself. Let's get this. There was a recovery team sent to recover the bodies made up of firemen. One of the members of this team became infected by one of the corpses, and he died a short time later of a of an illness that he got. Oh, gosh. I couldn't find anything telling me exactly what the illness was that he contracted, but I did find a few stories that said whatever he contracted, he got from an open wound that he had on his hand. Mm. We'll tell you a little more about the land right after this break from our sponsor. The land had been thought to be cursed even before this, though. Natives called the area... I'm going to butcher this, and Hangabao, which translates to home of the devil. So let's go back to the elevator and talk a little more details. So the firemen get to the elevator. It's sealed shut. It took some effort, but they were able to pry it open. There was a mass of bodies in the bottom of this thing, charred, burnt up. They were all piled on the floor. The heat in the metal elevator, they said had gotten over 700 degrees and it caused many of the bodies to actually fuse together. Oh my God. Therefore, it took a while to determine that there were actually 13 bodies. Like I said earlier, the bodies were never identified and nobody ever came forward to claim them. What? How horrible. They were buried side by side in a cemetery and are now known as the 13 souls. There's a a article I also read that said that there's no record of these 13 people being in there because not only did people, nobody came and claimed them, but all of the other bodies were identified and all the other workers that were supposed to be there were accounted for. Oh. So these 13 people weren't supposed to be in the building or had no, you know, accountability. So I don't know how true that is, but there was an article I read that said that. The building today is said to be incredibly personally active with paranormal activity. Every floor above the 15th has all kinds of hauntings from apparitions seen in the stairways to fire alarms and elevator malfunctions. Mediums and paranormal investigators who walk around through the building say that they that there are many spirits that are running around the upper floors. Most good, but there are a few of them that aren't good. So let's talk about the number 13 and this place. So the curse on this place goes all the way back to 1554. That's when Vasca da Gama who was the the gentleman from Portugal who actually came exploring and he staked claim to the land. As you know, they said he discovered it, even though there was people already living there. (laughs) But, you know. I don't think that's how that works. That's how it worked here. (laughs) Christopher Columbus Mm -hmm. discovered America, Mm -hmm. even though he never stepped foot on America and there were already Native Americans here for thousands of years. Anyways, he's the one that supposedly named it and he staked claim to the land and he was, that's when uh, Sao Paulo was at the city was actually formed. So the first people to arrive on the land were 12 priests and their altar boy. They started the first Jesuit college. So 
that was 13 members right. altogether. The legend says that the Native Americans cursed the 13 colonists. They were cursed to take the lives and collect the souls of all of the fellow Christians who dared live on the land. So that's what the Native Americans did who lived there. Fast forward 400 years. You have the Paul Campbell incident that we talked about. So let's talk about that situation in a little more detail. This professor, he's a chemist, but he's also a professor. He comes home. He shoots all of the members of his family and extended family. He buried the bodies in a pit in the backyard. He then turned the gun on himself. There were a total of 12 bodies, including Paul Campbell. But remember the fireman, who was part of the recovery team, team who got the infection from one of the bodies and died shortly after. That makes 13. The house was vacant for the next 25 years until it was torn down for the Joelma building to be constructed on the same spot. When they erected the Joelma building, they changed the address from the you know what the house address was. Ghosts don't really pay much attention to what addresses are on the outside of the mm-hmm. house, though. So before the fire, many people claim that uh, there were minor disturbances within the building already, paranormal-wise. Many also claim to see the Campbell family walking through the halls of the building. Then, of course, two years after it was built, there was a tragic fire. And do you remember how many bodies were found in the elevator? Thirteen. Thirteen. So, that's the story of the Joelma building. It's the longest story we've got tonight. Mm-hmm. That was very, very sad. That is like the saddest thing. Can you imagine being those firefighters and have to look down in that elevator? And I don't know how they do it. I just don't. It would be tough. Yeah. All right, so we got some short haunted locations discussed before uh, I do this, though. I want to tell you a funny story from Brazil. So this is from March 14th, 2017. This is the headline. It says in, in the local newspaper, Brazil's president flees ghost at his Oscar Niemeyer designed home. That's exactly what it says. In a nutshell, I'm not going to read you the whole story, but I'll give you the, the, the brief part of it. So the president at the time, Michelle Timmer, and his 33-year-old wife. Now, Michelle Timmer, by the way, is 76. Oh, playa. But I, I've seen video of him. He did, does not look 76. Oh, really? He looks like he's in his 50s. Dang. Anyway, he and his 33-year-old wife, Marcella, deserted their home that they were living in. That was built in 1958 by architect Oscar Niemeyer, which was like the most well-known architect mm-hmm. in all of Brazil. So, Timur and his wife said that they had it had a, a real spooky atmosphere. And he told the local news that he felt something strange there. He wasn't really able to sleep right from the first night they were there. The energy wasn't good. His wife felt the same way. He said the only one who liked the house was a seven-year-old son, and that was only because he could run up and down from one end to the other. It was a big house. (laughs) (laughs) So they started to wonder if there was some kind of a ghost there, and they called in a priest to drive out the evil spirits, but it didn't work. So they opted to move out of their 7,000-square-foot house, which had a heliport, a pool, a chapel, and a theater, and it was also in a peninsula that led into a lake. And they moved into the vice president house. 
now the vice president. Oh, I guess I probably should tell you this. So at this time, this was two, in 2015, Brazil had its first woman president, mm-hmm. and she was impeached. Hmm. He was her vice president. Yeah. And so he became president after that. So he... There was nobody living in the vice president's house because he moved out, moved into the big house, mm-hmm. but then they moved back. So it's not like he just moved in with the vice president and said, move over, we're coming in. Yeah. So, but that that's how he took office. And all gotcha. That stuff. All right. So let's discuss a few of these other little places. Let's start with Dream Beach. This place is also in Sao Paulo, just like the Joema building. So the story goes that there was a couple there on their honeymoon at the beach. And they were walking along the beach. It was nighttime. And there's part of the beach there that's got a lot of rocks, big rocks right there. And they were up walking on the rocks. And apparently they got caught up on them when a big wave came in. And it kind of knocked them around on the rocks and then carried them out to the ocean. And their bodies were never found. Oh. Now, visitors to the beach at night now say that they see two spirits, a man and a woman, presumably this couple. Sometimes they're just on the beach, and sometimes they're actually coming, like, walking from the ocean onto the beach. In either case, though, the two spirits are decomposing corpses. Ooh, no way. They will eventually disappear in the air. The maintenance men who take care of the beach say that they regularly hear disembodied voices in the middle of the night when the beach is completely empty. That's all I have on that story. That's enough. (laughs) Because that would scare the crap out of me. And that's exactly the same size as all these other stories I got for you. Mm. The next one is the Petropolis Museum. It's the next one on the list. So some know it's know this as the uh, Imperial Museum of Brazil. So I guess it's got two different names. It was built in the early 1800s. And it's supposedly haunted by the ghost of Emperor Dom Pedro II. There isn't much else other than the fact that his ghost has been spotted roaming around the place in the middle of the night. And they say that his spirit is trapped there in the museum because the museum was built inside of his palace. And that's how he got stuck. Oh. Well, he should get out faster. (laughs) Before they did that construction work. The next one we're going to talk about is actually a road. A road? Yeah. It leads from Petropolis to Rio de Janeiro. And this is kind of a cool story. Lots of the truckers use this road, and several of them claim that they've seen a blonde woman. She stands out out on the road just kind of waving her hand, flagging somebody to come by. So she's at the corner of an intersection somewhere on this main road. And what happens is people stop. They get out. And as they get out, she starts pointing to a car that's broke down. It's down a hill, like a little off an embankment. Mm -hmm. And... As they go down there, they see a woman laying next to the vehicle, and it's the same woman that flagged them down. And as soon as they make that connection that, oh, it's the same woman, then the woman in the car just completely disappear. Whoa. They're probably thinking, like, oh, they're tricking me so they can rob me or something. Right. So the last one, and I tried to find so much more on this one, but no luck, because this seemed like it was going to be such a cool story. It's the the Brasilia City Hall. This is in Brasilia, which is the capital of Brazil. This building has burned down before, and it was reconstructed. 
It was formerly a mortuary that supposedly stored, uh, that stored like a large number of body. I've heard upwards to a thousand bodies at one point. Witnesses are seen, have seen cabinets kind of slam, windows and doors shut automatically when nobody's around, and one man was locked in a room when he was the only one in the building. Oh, God. <laughs> and then I'm going to throw, I'll throw one more quick one in there because this is, this is quicker than the other, other three. The Grand Hotel in Cambagira, I believe is what it is. It's just your basic conic hotel, and room 204 seems to be the most active with code spots, weird noises, ghost knocks, and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's our story, and we're on vacation. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we actually uh, went to see some dolphins. And went to see Robert Adal mm-hmm. and hang out at Captain Tony's Saloon. And uh, we'll tell you all about those in a couple of weeks. Sounds great. And because we're actually on vacation, we had to record this a couple of weeks in advance. So we don't have any Patreon subscribers or iTunes reviews because it would have been the exact same thing as the week before. <laughs> so we don't have any, but we'll double up on them next week and make sure we get everybody. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We love you. Love you. <laughs>